This podcast is brought to you by DeStefano Hair Restoration. For the month of February, Dr. Highness is rolling back prices to pre-COVID fees. Save $1,500 this month when you mention Howie. Go to hairman.com. That's hairman.com. Strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? She didn't, she didn't give me any checks. If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Let me say this. Let's take the Belize trip. That was a birthday gift to me so I paid nothing for that trip. Zero. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, wasn't any of their damn business. NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. I guess the foot's on the other hand now, isn't it, Kramer? Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. 844-500-4242, 844-500-4242. Judicial Watch is a uh, watchdog group out of uh, Washington, D.C., and as you know, they've uh, they've done more good work in uh, unearthing uh, scandals and cover-ups by various uh, levels of government than uh, than most of the mainstream media with a much smaller staff because they want to get to the bottom of things. They they want to uh, uh, afflict the uh, comfortable and uh, comfort the afflicted, and that's the way newspapers used to be. But uh, the newspapers don't do it that much anymore, and neither does any of the mainstream media. But anyway, a Judicial Watch just last week has f- uh, announced that it has filed a public records lawsuit in uh, Suffolk Superior Court, Boston, against the city of Boston after the city failed to produce records related to the electeds of color holiday party. I call it the apartheid Christmas party uh, at the Parkman House in uh, December 2023. As you know, we got pictures of it, uh, the the uh, people going in and out, and it's just a real mess. And and this, the city has never come clean, and they've, they've never come clean on a number of issues. So I wanted to talk to uh, Tom Fitton about this. Uh, he's the uh, head of uh, Judicial Watch. Tom, thanks for being with us here on the Howie Carr Show. Hey, Howie. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. And thanks and thanks for doing this, uh, trying to get to the bottom of this. And, and you know, I, I, I told I told my producer to tell you that uh, the, the city of Boston has a pattern of this stuff. We, you know, the newspapers or the Herald, my newspaper, get we get uh, orders from the secretary of state. They, they stonewall us. We appeal to the secretary of state, the keeper of records, uh, orders the city of Boston to turn over the records and they just flat out refuse. Yeah, I mean, that's why uh, Judicial Watch uh, is so successful uh, in getting records, ultimately, because, you know, you know, it's hard to sue. You know, you're not, you're not, you know, it costs money to sue, right? And we've got a great uh, group of supporters that support us that allow us to go in and sue when we're told no, when the agencies uh, violate the law. You know, and the law is out there. It's often ignored and too often. And, you know, the fact is, 
one has to be willing to and able to sue in order to ensure that you get the records that you're due under law to find out what your government's up to. In this case, some crazed racist segregationist holiday party. This is the first time in, in history where I'll even say I'm glad they didn't use the word Christmas. <laughs> because it's just so awful what they did. I mean, they sent the, I mean, the, the, the detail that they sent the email out to whites on the city council and then apologized by suggesting they shouldn't have gotten the invitation to the electeds of color holiday party. Uh, in this day and age that we have to explain to any other human being in America that a government official can't be segregating according to race and discriminating according to race in anything they do, practically speaking, in the terms of the expense of tax dollars. It's just really unbelievable to me, and it shows you just how crazed the left has become that they've embraced this racialism and segregation. Segregation is back thanks to the left. Right, and, and the people, and in one case, the the uh, congresswoman from the squad member, Ayanna Presley, she wasn't there, but her husband who is an ex-con jailbird who did 10 years in prison for drugs, he was there. And there were three or four of them have been cited for the State Ethics Commission violations of one form or another. And they're just all, uh, you know, mugging for the camera. And it was, and they, and the thing is, they said, there's nothing wrong with this. But Tom Fitton, you've seen the pictures. They were covering their faces when they were coming in. Well, uh, What's sad about this is so many of these politicians know better, right? And, and as you point out, their behavior suggests that this is embarrassing. But the crazed left is so taken over, um, you know, so many Democratic parties uh, at the, even the local level, as we see up in Massachusetts, uh, that um, they don't feel like they can, you know, take a stand against it. And you know, we wonder why discrimination was able to prosper during the Jim Crow era. Well, now we know because we have an entire political movement that embraces it and has cowed others from opposing it. Yeah, it, you know, it's it used to be, and I've been around Boston for a long time. If if you go, if you were stonewalled by a government agency and you you appealed to the Secretary of State and they looked at it and they said you have a right to the documents and they would order the this any entity, governmental entity, to give you the documents, the governmental entity would give them to you. But now they just they just ignore it. It's like something out of the third world. They don't they don't care about uh, the rule of law and order. Yeah, I mean, in this case, they acknowledge getting the records. And how many records could they have had about this party? Right. Yeah. They wanted emails, some budget records. You know, it's the planning and invitation list and. I mean, it can't be a, a tremendous amount of documents, and no. I, I would hope it wasn't at all hands-on party in terms of the planning. And they told us they got the records, and they said, we need 15 days, we need 15 days, and they still haven't given us anything. Yeah. And, and the fact that we have to go to court tells you that maybe there's things they don't want us to see. I've been trying to get ambulance records to the uh, mayor's house for over a year, and I've gotten, an, I've gotten the order. From the uh, the Secretary of State, and they refused to turn over the documents. The there was a there was a transgender, believe it or not, a transgender 
party in a public housing project last summer. The, one of the transgenders died of a drug overdose. And then it turned out when the cops came in re, in response to a 911 call, they found five little boys in there. And the city won't turn over the police reports. And again, has been ordered to do so by the uh, the city council has demanded them. My newspaper has demanded them. The city refuses to turn them over because they don't fit the narrative. Yeah, well, you know, there are opportunities to try to pursue that in court potentially. So, yeah, you know, the you thing know, is, my newspaper is broke. Do you, are you are, I, I, one reason I want to have you on, Tom? Are you interested in either of these two cases, the ambulances at the mayor's Maybe house? Send the information along and we will evaluate it. OK, I will do that. I, I talked to the editor of the Herald. He's 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 handling the transgender story and uh, he's inter- he's interested. And I can get you the stuff about the ambulances. I mean, the thing about the ambulance records and, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to you know go off on a tangent here, Tom, but they. Every every address in the city, they have what's called CAD records, computer-assisted dis- dispatch. And they say whatever the, you know, fire call, police call, ambulance call, fire call, police call. First they told me they did these records didn't exist for the mayor. And then when they finally turned them over, they redacted all the ambulance uh, or, or fire or police calls. I mean, it's just outrageous that they're getting away with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and that's why you need a lawyer to look at. So what happens is to your listeners— you know, you can ask for records, and sometimes you will get the records in response, and the government will will cite some exemptions, right, either privacy right. or law enforcement uh, protected information and things like that. So depending on the reason they're withholding the information, you may or may not be able to pursue it in court. So that's why you got to always kind of have the lawyers take a look at it. But, you know, in the end, uh, the government, in our view, should err on the side of transparency and uh, certainly a public address like that, I would think the privacy interests are a little less more uh, significant than, you know, just, a, 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 you know, a Joe Schmo somewhere uh, whose address gets in the system. And, you know, the courts yeah. can say, well, it's well I mean, that's why that that's guy. why but in most states, Tom, interest. as you know, you have a, they've, it, the legislature has enacted a, a statute setting up a supervisor of public records to make these kinds of calls. But it doesn't really yeah. matter if if uh, if the governmental entities uh, just uh, thumb their nose at at the law. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. So well, how long you know, have the, has the city filed a response true, to yeah. the uh, to these filings on the uh, Christmas party? No, I think we just filed the lawsuit, so they have a little bit of time to respond. Uh, we filed it on February fifth, so they probably have a little bit, probably a few more weeks to respond. But I suspect we're going to get some documents. Uh, this is not the sort of material that those exemptions we're talking about, I think, are going to fairly apply. So we're going to get some more information about this. And, yeah. you know, what, what's, great, what's great about FOIA is it allows you and or the open records laws, no matter the issue, you can ask for documents on it, right? right? And so there's a process to get more information about issues of public controversy. So this is an example. It was a big story, right? Huge. And they rely on the media just moving on. Yeah. And the public moving on. And what Judicial Watch doesn't do is we don't move on. Because we know when something bad like this happens, there's got to be some accountability. And some of that accountability comes from full disclosure about the corruption. And it's and it's base corruption, the worst type of it in the modern American era, uh, to have the government just engage in racial segregation and to have a party 
where uh, people are barred effectively on account of race. It's just unbelievable that I'm even having to uh, – that this is a topic of a FOIA request. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable when the story broke that they that this invitation had gone out and then been rescinded 15 minutes later. I mean, you would have thought well, that they say— really rescinded. Rescinded in the sense that we didn't want to send it to the wrong colored people. <laughs> right. Because they because white councilmen had gotten it, and they were upset because they weren't supposed to be invited. That's why it was rescinded. And then your mayor started defending it in some ridiculous way. I, I tried to read her statement about it, and I, I'm still not quite sure what she was saying. But certainly, she, you know, was embracing the segregation. So, you know, there's a there's an endemic about this, and you know, I'm, I'm convinced that COVID isn't going to destroy this country. It's going to be this philosophy that tries to do uh, upend our republic by dividing us by race with this explicit embrace of discrimination and segregation. Terrible, terrible um, a pandemic going on of that right now. In Boston, we got Minneapolis. They got a public – I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a, We're suing over a, a teacher's union contract, teacher's contract. Where, you know, if there are layoffs that have to be made, right, it's typically first in, first out, which right. is a problem. But in that case, they say it's first in, first out unless you're a member of an underrepresented minority group. It's just completely discriminatory. And that's in the contract. And it was a core piece of the contract, too. And the and the people who are going to be laid off uh, in, a, in a racist fashion have to – have to contribute union dues to this racist contract this contract that is that is discriminating against them it's it's absurd yeah Uh, listen tom can you talk to uh uh emma on the uh, on the board and just give her the address and i'm gonna i do want to send you this stuff just because it's you know i we don't have the money to do this we don't and we don't have the the, honestly, we don't have the time at the Herald to do this, but I, I would love to just, if you guys are interested in this, these, these are good yeah, stories. Well, yeah, just send it along. I'll, we're always happy to take a look. And that's true for, you know, all your listeners. You know, you know, we can tell you, you go to our website to figure out how to ask for records. And if there are issues you're running into, always reach out to us. We may not be able to sue for everyone, even in this case. Uh, but we certainly can, you know, take a look at it and see if there's anything that can be done. And we try to be helpful where we can. That's our mission. Our transparency mission is to help others get the information as well. Thank you. We'd love to. What's So what's the address if people want to learn more about Judicial Watch? Oh, it's over at judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else that we're supposed to be on social media. So uh, we're, 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 we're just – pushing out the information and the lawsuits um, almost daily and weekly. That's great. You're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, the, the the newspapers and the mainstream media should be doing this job. But, uh, you know, they've they've dropped the ball for, for the usual reasons. We appreciate it. Tom Fenton, I'll be in touch. Thank you very much for being with us. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show will be right back. He's Howie Carr, and he's back. 
I love my pillows products. I sleep with their pillows. I wear their slippers. I dry off with their towels. Now you can enjoy all of their products with great discounts by using the code Howie at mypillow.com. From pillows, towels, slippers, and even their Giza dream sheets, go to mypillow.com and use code Howie for amazing discounts. Taylor, what's the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is who do you believe most threatens your own personal safety? Russians from outer space, illegal aliens crossing the border, or deep state Democrats? Deep state Democrats, 50, like Michelle Wu, for instance. 56% say the deep state, 43% say illegals, and 1% say Russians from outer space. You know, I got a, a text here from 863. Dude, they aren't turning you over anything because they don't give a bleep about law. It's power they care about. A judge could tell them to their face, and their attitude would be, and what the bleep are you going to do about it if I don't? Well, that's just it. You know, I, I, I think I've told you this story before, but supposedly at one time, I guess during World War II or just after it, the Pope denounced the Soviet Union and Joe Stalin, and Stalin laughed and said, how many divisions does the Pope have? And that's the way that, that's the way they feel. I mean, who's got the who's got the money or the time to uh, to sue the city of Boston or or any other of these governmental agencies when they defy the the law? And you know, another thing I think of is when when the Irish were taking over the city of Boston, the Yankees were becoming the minority. They wanted to retain some control, and so they they like they they passed legislation setting up the. Uh, the Boston Licensing Board was appointed by the governor. That controlled the liquor licenses. So the, the Irish rabble, as they saw it, couldn't, couldn't just put a, a, a tap room on every corner. And they set up something called the Boston Finance Commission, the FinCom, which uh, you know, looked over the city's finances. And, they appoint, and the, the Yankee governor, it was assumed there would always be a Republican Yankee governor, appointed the police commissioner because they wanted to keep control. This is the same thing with, and you know, the, the Irish never abused it to the degree that these new left people are, are abusing their, their authority. You know, that's why you have, but that's why you have a keeper of records at the state level to decide, you know, what, what you know, is legitimately uh, private, not, pro, not publicly private, but uh, uh, privileged information. And the, this this kind of information, the ambulance records, the police incident reports, which the city council is also trying to get, or the or the all these emails about this uh, racist Christmas party, this is not privileged information. They should be turning this over, but they they're operating like they're in a third world banana republic dictatorship. And maybe that's what the city of Boston is now. 844-500-4242. I'm Howie Carr. No matter what your thoughts on Valentine's Day, some things are better together, like peanut butter and jelly, or a blockbuster movie and a bucket of popcorn. Another perfect match, whatever you're listening to, and Raycon's Everyday Earbuds. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are comfortable for all-day wear. And like any serious love story, your Raycon earbuds are here for a good time and a long time, with eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Most importantly, you get amazing audio quality 
quality at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's everyday earbuds also feature three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolation and awareness modes. And they're used to feeling the love with tens of thousands of five-star reviews so far. Go to buyraycon.com slash Howie today to get 15% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's buyraycon.com slash Howie. Buyraycon.com slash Howie. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. Yeah, the, uh, the FBI has just arrested at the airport the FBI informant that, uh, that Representative Comer was uh, relying on. Or it was actually Senator Grassley uh, about Brandon and his son receiving $5 million each from Burisma. So they... So the FBI wouldn't release the report, and Senator Grassley got the report, and now they've arrested the guy. They said he was lying. <laughs> Another whistleblower. This is the way they treat whistleblowers now in uh, in in modern America. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of crazy uh, legislation and laws being passed at the uh, at the state, the well, the national, the state, and the local level in Massachusetts. And uh, one of them is uh, is this uh, nicotine-free generation bylaw, and cities and towns are starting to pass or try to pass. It's being challenged in court. They they uh, they want to refuse a city or town wants to refuse to sell any or all tobacco and nicotine products to anyone born after January 1st, 2003, including cigars, chewing tobacco, nicotine pouches, and gum, which gum, which people use to quit smoking and other products. This is, this is just nuts. I mean, first they banned menthol cigarettes. Only state in the union that bans menthol cigarettes, Massachusetts, and and now they want to stop selling, as if somebody you know who's who can't buy a pack of smokes in in uh, Brookline isn't going to drive to Newton or more, more likely into the city of Boston to do it. So joining us now on the line to talk about this and uh, they're trying to stop it is uh, the uh, the executive director of the New England Convenience Store and Energy Market Energy Marketers Association, Peter Brennan. And uh, he's, a, he's been a state house aide uh, over the years and run his own private law practice. And uh, Peter Brennan, thanks for being with us here on the Howie Car Show. And uh, where, how, what cities and towns have this in effect or have, a, or, or have they not gone into effect yet? Hey, Howie, Peter Brennan here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, the only one that's in effect currently is Brookline. The bylaw they passed bans anybody born after 1999 from buying any type of nicotine product within their borders. After 1990, so if, if, if you're so 23 years old, yeah, you can't buy a Marlboro or a Blunt in Brookline. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, the way the proponents and the advocates try to frame this ridiculous policy is that it's anti-youth smoking. You know, we don't want the kids to smoke. And, Hey, we don't want the kids to smoke either. That's why we card everybody that comes to our stores. 
You know, we my organization represents the 7,000 convenience stores in New England, over 3,000 in Massachusetts. We agree. Don't want kids to smoke. Don't want kids to use nicotine. It's 21 plus. So why do you think you need another bylaw on top of that that basically says nicotine is now banned here, but does so in an incremental and kind of backdoor way so that nobody currently that can buy nicotine products will ever be able to buy them um, in the town? It's just, it's silly. It's it's like banning the menthol cigarettes. I mean, every year they, they, they issue the... Uh the per capita smoking chart for the United States. New Hampshire is always number one. And it's not because more people smoke in New Hampshire. It's because New Hampshire has lower taxes than the than the surrounding states. And now, if you're in Massachusetts, you New Hampshire is the easiest state to drive to in most most parts of the state to get menthol cigarettes. It's this is just this is just crazy. What I mean, do they do they not understand the lessons of prohibition, Peter Brennan? I mean, pretty much that's exactly it, Howie. They don't. Um, you know, it makes them feel good to be able to ban something as they're allowing every other once illegal product to become legal. You know, you can get every flavor of marijuana you want. Right. You can't get flavored tobacco or nicotine products in Massachusetts anymore because we passed a law that went into effect in June of 2020 that says exactly that. Can't buy any type of flavored nicotine product. What you can do is go right over the border to New Hampshire or Rhode Island or Connecticut and uh, purchase the products there. So, you know, it hasn't worked. The tax stamp data will show that it hasn't worked. However, cities and towns are now, you know, the advocates are pursuing this at the local level because they think they can get to the boards of health, they can get to the boards of selectmen and try to pass it that way. And, yeah, it's a ridiculous policy. And, you know, I think people just aren't really aware of the civil liberties this infringes on, and they're not really aware of this policy and what's going on. Right. Well, you know, you know, I bet uh, down down here in Florida, where I am right now, they there's a bill has just been introduced to uh, to cut back on the potency of marijuana. You know, because it's it's not good for you for kids to be smoking a lot of dope, especially this really strong stuff. Now, and I'm sure if you tried that in Massachusetts, there would be this outcry. How dare you tell me I can't smoke uh, super primo weed? But super, I would I would argue that super primo weed is worse for young people than than smoking smoking cigarettes or a tobacco product at least for a few years. You know, I mean, and you're right. I mean, so they the, so you could it's, so now you can smoke pot. You can buy pot legally in Brookline, and they they do have the import. Like I know they got at least one in Brookline Village, a pot shop. You can buy pot if you're 21 in Brookline, but you can't buy Marlboros. Is that that's that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah, well, it depends. If you're if you're born after a certain date, you can't buy any type of nicotine product in Brookline. Yes, and they do have NADA, uh, New England Treatment Access, is I believe still the highest grossing marijuana shop in the state in Brookline. <laughs> and and another thing too, they just did away not that long ago within living memory, long easy living living memory. They did away with blue laws. Right, so you could oh, so yeah. you, you used to not be able to buy alcohol on Sundays, and they thought that was ridiculous, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, they're correcting mistakes of the past and then creating new mistakes on top of that. And listen again, at our stores, we card everybody. Nobody that's under twenty-one can purchase a nicotine product. However, we do feel that it's a 
an adult's right to be able to purchase these products if they so choose. So now you're going to have a, you're going to have situations in Brookline where a 40 year old man can't buy a cigar and go to the golf course because some crazy bylaw says that uh, you know there's no safe age at which you can ever smoke or do any type of nicotine product. But you can go down the street and buy whatever flavor of marijuana you want. You can right. pick up a bottle of vodka. You can um, you know there could be a safe uh, safe injection site in Boston where you can do heroin, but, you know, nicotine's the big evil thing that needs to be banned. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about the safe injection sites. The Globe just had a big puff piece on safe injection sites. So heroin, okay. Cigarettes, no. It's it, it's really, So you guys have appealed this, or someone has appealed this to the SJC to try to get the uh, Brookline ban overturned. How does that, uh, how does that stand right now, that uh, challenge? Well, you know, it's uh, it's under review at the SJC. They heard the case. They took it. Um, lower court ruled against it, and it's uh, several retailers from Brookline that were impacted by the bylaw. They challenged it. The SJC grabbed it. They said there's certainly a constitutional issue here. Uh, they've been reviewing it for several months. We hope they come back with a, a good decision that puts an end to this nonsense. But in the meantime, several other cities and towns are looking at it. Malden just had a hearing. Malden? In late January, um, Wakefield, Stoneham, Melrose, their boards of health have been considering it. So it's uh, it's spreading, and, yeah, it's a ridiculous policy. You know, adults should be able to decide what they want to consume. And just to single out nicotine in all forms, not just smoking cigarettes, which agreed, we don't want kids to do, but everything. Um, you said it, pouches, dip. Um, you know, vapes, things that people use to quit smoking cigarettes are also banned. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I guess vapes aren't good for you, but they're they're better for you than smoking cigarettes, smoking tobacco, right? And so, but but they, they, they don't want you to have that option either. No, they don't want you to have any options when it comes to nicotine. They say the advocates have said it's not safe to do at any age. And I just don't know if the science backs that up. <laughs> There's a lot of things it's not safe to do, but you know, again, we are uh, we are adults, and uh, we have the right to do what we choose to do. Do we not? I mean, isn't that all our bodies, ourselves? Doesn't that include uh, our lungs? One would think, Howie. Oh boy, uh, how, where can people go to find out more about this nonsense? Well, we have a website going. It's uh, www.nonfg.com. That's nonfg.com, no nicotine free generation, because that's the name that they've put on this policy. Um, for a short time, New Zealand had enacted it countrywide, and then they had a change in the presidency. And the, pretty much the first thing they did was, um, you know, amend that law so that it's no longer in effect, because they knew it didn't make sense, popular outcry. Uh, people woke up, and I think people around here need to wake up and say that that's maybe a step too far. That's a little bit ridiculous. First, the nicotine-free generation, and then the freedom-free generation. That's what they're really aiming for. <laughs> First, they came yeah. for my Newports, and I didn't say anything. Then they came for my vapes, and I didn't say anything. Where where does it end? Peter Brennan, uh, Executive Director of the New England Convenience Store and Energy Marketers Association. Please let us know when the uh, the SJC decision comes down. I, I hope uh, keep my fingers crossed. This is ridiculous. I appreciate you being with us. 
844-500-4242. You know, every every day there's a there's a new slap in the face to the uh, to the freedom craving citizens of uh, of Massachusetts and the United States of America. 844-500-4242. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show. We'll be right back. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back. 844-500-4242. So they're, they're bringing in all these people who don't work, aren't ever going to work, most of them, supporting them with everything. At the same time, they're driving out taxpayers and uh, cutting off sources of new income. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they have the millionaire's tax. People are fleeing the Commonwealth at the rate of 1100 a week. And now they're just going to, they're just, they don't, they don't care about the nicotine taxes, the cigarette taxes. And there's a lot of money. I mean, a pack of cigarettes now is exorbitant, shall we say. 844-500-4242. I want to play, we're, we're going to take some calls on this. Uh, someone wants to, people want to talk about nicotine and as opposed to, I guess, to THC. But I, I want to play one cut. Fanny Willis, she, T- Taylor pointed this out. He was listening live when it happened. She admitted to basically stealing campaign funds. It's amazing. People have gone to jail or at least been fined here in Massachusetts for for doing exactly what you're going to hear Fannie Willis admit that she did. Cut 37. Whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much to debt. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash. Wasn't there a, a, a state rep from uh, from Bo- from Boston, from South Boston, who was who was using money literally to buy candy and things like that? And and they they basic they fined him, they humiliated him in the st- with the state ethics commission, basically uh, ran him out of office for for taking money for candy and he was a big fat guy little fat guy it was pitiful and she's just admitting it you know you you can take your campaign money but you have to you know you have to go through the motions you know you have to I'm keeping my campaign alive and I'm buying this meat for my party I have a party every that's what that's what uh, Jane Swift used to do when she was a former governor I'm having a and she would buy all this meat and everything and you know have I don't know how many people she had over but she had a lot of she had a lot of food left over and she uh, oh I'm making a, I'm going down to New York to consult with my con, my campaign consultants Kevin White used to pay his kids as his campaign consultant you, but you know they're there's legal graft and there's illegal graft. Grabbing cash out of your campaign account, that's what's called illegal graft. Robert, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, Howie. Um, did I hear it correctly that they were going to ban, like, menthol or winter or wintergreen and, like, chew uh, or, or pouches or something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read you what they, uh, what they banned in uh, Brookline, the town of Brookline. 
Cigars, well, cigarettes, any nicotine, all nicotine and tobacco products, including cigars, chewing tobacco, nicotine pouches, and gum, which people need to uh, use to quit smoking. So, isn't it what happened to my body, my choice? You know? I, I, that's what I said. That's exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not killing a baby by chewing tobacco. Right. Well, yeah. you you know that place in Brookline Village where they sell the pot. It's in it's in the town of Brookline, just like where they banned cigarettes for for younger people. Uh, there was a guy when they first opened that emporium. There was this guy from Worcester who got some pot and uh, immediately went out on the highway, was smoking out on the turnpike, and ran over a state trooper, killed a state trooper, and left five five little kids without a father. You know, I I mean. <laughs> You could do a lot of damage when you're stoned in a car, not to mention we all know alcohol, you know, alcohol and drunk driving. You're right. It's ridiculous, Robert. I mean, if the Supreme Judicial Court has any any sense, they're going to just throw this this whole thing out just based on that. Our bodies, ourselves. That's all you need to say. Thanks for the call, Robert. This is forget it, Jake. It's Massachusetts. Eric, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, Howie. Uh, thanks for taking the call. You know, whatever happened to our Constitution and freedom and liberty and all these things, right? You yeah. going to smoke cigarettes? What are they going to do with you on insurance? They're going to nail you on your insurance, life insurance in particular. So, you're like, your body, your choice. But right. these people, our state reps, our state senators, our selectmen, they all go in, and even the unelected officials with ideas of new rules and regulations. I got a good idea. We're going to have a new rule. Like, enough of this nonsense. Stop making rules. We got plenty of rules. You know, <laughs> if, you're not, if you're doing something and you're not bothering me, you're not hurting me, why should I make a rule for you? You know, I'm going to run for state rep down the 12th Plymouth. I am so sick of this nonsense. These people, all they want to do is tell you what you can and can't do as long as it suits them. Oh, I can kill my baby. Yay, whatever. But you can't smoke a cigarette like that other guy was just saying? Yeah. No, Eric, this is just virtue signaling. They they want to they want to feel good about themselves by by annoying you, by being a pest. And I I think it was CS Lewis who said, you know, sometimes you could deal if you if you're ruled by gangsters, there's only there's only so much they just want to to get some goods or some money from you. But if, if somebody thinks wants to oppress you and and make you make you better by oppressing you, they never they never sleep. They never they never take a break because they they're getting they they feel good about themselves by telling you what to do because they're smarter than you. They're more noble than you by telling you you can't have a smoke, you can't have a menthol smoke. Bleep them. All right, see you tomorrow. I'm Howie Carr.